Live from Run Your Mouth World's Headquarters. With ongoing bombing campaigns in the Middle East, we detail how the United States military picks its civilian targets. Lloyd Austin had this to say. My prostate was just removed. I'm very on edge. I'm prepared to bomb the entire region. The Houthi rebels responded, We will march in the desert with signs, and we will show the Americans that we mean business. Just look at our marching in our half pants. And Biden said this, Huh? Why is it so bright? I told him to turn off the sun. It's your daily dose of misinformation, pulled from a lightly hemorrhoided asshole. It's today's Run Your Mouth! Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. 14 people live in the middle of the afternoon, and it's nice to have you here. Uh, We're done with regular schedules. Regular schedules are for regular people. If you're one of the few, the willing, the proud, the able to catch the live stream, God bless. And, uh, you know, being a little bit too finicky, putting together backgrounds, putting together intros, and we've got a loaded episode coming at you guys. This thing's jam-packed. I'm getting obsessed with this border like I was when it came to COVID. There's something about when they, like, just lie so blatantly to myself, to me, that I just start getting obsessed. I'm like, I know that you're lying to me. We're going to dig into this. And so I'm at home. I'm reading through the articles. I'm going through this stuff and uh, starting to get a little bit obsessive. And as you can see from the background, we might get a little bit uh, conspiratorial a little bit later into the broadcast. But listen, before we get into the news stories, I would like to uh, share with you guys because I don't have a doctor. So sometimes you just like putting this stuff out in the world and maybe. uh, Oh, yeah, we can just bring this this guy up. We can get the show started. Enjoy your vices while you have them. My friends, this might be like when you get a toothache. And you actually have to go see the dentist and he removes your cavities and you're like, I'm actually going to start brushing my teeth. And then you forget about the pain of the cavity and you never brush your teeth again. But there was a couple days there where you're like, I'm going to floss every single morning. I'm going to floss in the evening. I'm going to be one of these people. I finish lunch. I go to the bathroom. I floss. And then I use the the Listerine. I'm going to be a guy who uses fluoride. No more of my clean water that I buy with microplastics and drink by the gallons. We're going back to the faucet. I don't care what it does and starts giving me full of gay thoughts. As long as I don't have ca- the, the cavities, I'm sucking this shit down. So anyways, oh man, I got the mother of all hemorrhoids the other days. Wow. I, I think I'm done with the junk food. I'm throwing it out there now. We'll see if I make this commitment, but I think we're going to become one of these people, eats a banana in the morning, goes for a run, and then just, you know, uh, little rabbit pellets. That's what you're looking for in life. You eat, you eat steak and bananas, and you hope that you're just regular all the time. Anyways, did we really need to start the show with that? You know, I've done all the research for days on end, but, you know, that's why you take Kratom and Zins. It's just we're, we're going to ride a new energy. We stop drinking at home, and then you're eating cake late at night. Then your butthole's like, hey, this isn't going to work for us. You're going to have to come up with something new. And by the way, I hope that Zins become, like, normal enough within our society. And pretty soon I got uh, I'm going to be off the Zins because I got a, I got a sponsor coming through in this category soon enough that like, uh, th- we need like Zin ashtrays because, uh, they get, you know, you, you let them hang out for as long as you want them to hang out for, and then you want to put them somewhere. And then sometimes you can take a bar napkin, you put in the bar napkin, you throw it out. If you're being really gross and dirty about it, maybe put it on your plate. Maybe you shove it in your pocket. Pretend like you didn't just do that. It's like stuffing a booger. Maybe that's what they need to do. They need to make it like gum. 
They need something sticky on it so that it, we can just be plugging them up underneath the bottom of the tables. I'll be like, if you ever put your hand under the table, you're like, ah, oh, gross. And if someone especially had like a fresh piece of gum, or maybe remember back in the day when there used to be the smoking section of restaurants and you as a kid, you never wanted to be next to the smoking section. You're like, who are these greasy, dirty people? And why do I have to be next to them? But maybe in the future, there'll be the Zin section, which is just very quiet, calm and people that would prefer to go home. All right. Anyways, let's get into the show. Like I said, why do I wasting your time? I've been home. I've been researching. I've been delving in. So the first thing I'd like to play for you guys, I was watching this video of Donald Trump letting us know how he can fix everything. If he was there, none, nothing would ever be a problem. Everyone had so much respect for him. That's why the Mexicans didn't even come into the country. They had so much respect for Donald Trump. They just, he didn't even need a wall. He just said he was going to build it. And then the Mexicans were like, we respect Donald Trump so much. We're not even going to test the border. That was the kind of respect that Donald Trump got. I mean, sure, the deep state didn't really respect him. The newspapers didn't respect him. But in the countries that we couldn't see, and in the interactions that we couldn't hear, those people respected the hell out of him. But getting into the theater of war, because you don't understand, we're about to find out behind closed scenes, these world leaders call each other up and they go, listen, I've got, I'm sitting on a few too many bombs here. You got a spot that I can bomb? I need to go bomb something. Our bomb manufacturers are telling me they're all backed up. They don't have any more storage space for new bombs. They can't process new bomb orders. I got a, a, we got quotas to fill here. We've got profits to make for these bomb companies. And so they call each other up and they go, hey, you got a spot that we can bomb. And they coordinate bombing each other so that they can all pretend like they're at war and make profits. And you think this sounds crazy. You're like, hold on a second. I thought you said that the China invasion conspiracy talk was coming later in the show. And now you're telling me that world leaders will actually coordinate with each other, how they can pretend like they're fighting so that they can continue to go, hey, it's a good thing I'm here protecting you from here. Here it is. Listen to it straight from Donald Trump. Someone's telling me that they can't hear it. Come on. I thought we were over this. We're in the big, we're in the fancy studio now. That is fake news. We don't have problems like people not being able to hear the sound. That's fake news, everybody. All right, give me a second. I can change the setting. We'll change the setting. It's all going to be fine. You can pretend like I didn't start the show talking about hemorrhoids and other talk and that, you know, everything works perfectly. Here, you guys hear that playing? Testing the speaker. All right. Yeah, we'll pull it back. We'll pull it back. Don't everyone worry. You get to hear Donald Trump. He says all sorts of crazy shit. <clears throat> oh, I don't have the mouse in front of me. All right, I don't have the exact timestamp. We can just pull it back. Let's pull it back. You guys can tell me now if you can hear it.
you guys told me you still don't have sound because I'm telling you, I will pick up these fancy monitors that I got and I will destroy the studio in front of you. We will change this to the rock and roll heavy metal show where uh, I break my new fancy high end studio. All right, wait, I have one more idea for what the change needs to be. And then we'll do something really low end where I'll just walk up to the speakers. I'm going to lose my mind here. <laughs> There's no excuse for this. Just give it a second, because I got a bunch of videos in this one, so I don't want to... Wait, wait. You know what? Let's try and make this change. Let's try and make this change instead. Hold on, everybody. I'm not making an edit. You guys can look forward to the fact that tomorrow, people are going to listen to the podcast version of this, and they're just going to have to hear every moment of this until the system until it resolves itself. Here we go. Here we go. Now it's going to work like magic. You guys will have never heard sound so clearly in your entire lives. Look, I'm channeling Donald Trump here. I'm channeling his energy of it's so going to work. No one's ever worked anything better. No, no, we got to go to this. Hold on. Hold on. Can I restart the show? <laughs> All right, let's see if this works. And then we'll just move on. Iran called me. Iran called me, called for me. And they let us know. And we had 16 missiles went off. I believe it was 16. Are you guys pranking me in the uh, chat now and just pretending like the there's no sound? Because I will say, I would respect the attack that. On a fort that we had where they hit back. Do you remember when they sent 18 missiles or 16 missiles? Five failed. They let us know, don't move. We're going to have to hit you back psychologically. We have to do that because we hit them on something. You remember, they okay. they sent 16 or 18 missiles, and we knew they weren't going to hit inside the fort. And the media was going, and now I reveal it, the media was going wild because they say it's strange. They're very accurate missiles. How come they all missed? Nobody was killed, if you remember. Yes, With all I of did. those missiles, nobody was killed. Now, they had to do it because they have people and they have to show strength. So they aimed the missiles, but they said, Please don't attack us. We're not going to hit you. That was respect. Isn't that a shocking admission of how foreign affairs actually work? And if you guys still didn't hear it, let me know, because I will just restart the stream. Um, but isn't that a shocking? We're in control over here. We've been put in power by our citizens or we're dictators over them. And we have to look like we're strong. So you know what we'll do? We will purposely call ahead of time. Let you know, hey, we're bombing. Can you give us an area that we can bomb so we can pretend like we struck back? We had respect. When we took out Soleimani, you know, Israel was supposed to do it with us. Two days before the takeout, they said, we can't do it. We can't do it. I said, what? We can't do it. Then I had a certain general who's great. I said, so, General, do we do it ourselves? He said, we can, sir. It's up to you. I said, we'll do it. But Israel was a part of it. You know, Bibi was a big part of it. And we had everything planned, everything, because what he has done is terrible. What he did to us was terrible. Killed so many of our soldiers, killed so many people. He's the father of the roadside bomb. You know that, right? And Soleimani, we can't, it's just, it was just incredible. And al-Baghdadi, I wiped him out too. Yeah. We took out al-Baghdadi, the founder of ISIS, that nobody could find except me. And Soleimani, father. That's the best Trump moment. Isn't that Trump at his best? No one else could find him. Okay. I said, get me on a flight. Get me on a flight. I know buildings. I know the earth. I'll put my ear to the ground and I'll tell you where this Salmani guy is. How hard can he be to find? Okay. I understand caves. 
I understand hiding in places. I'm out with hookers all the time. I have to cover my tracks. Okay, I'll tell you where this guy is. Just put me on a flight. Let me lift my horse hair to the side and put my ear to the ground, and I'll find the guy. And I did it. None of the Navy SEALs could do it, but I did it. The roadside bomb. Now, and beyond that, killed many people. He I have to grab my keyboard. Talk amongst yourselves for a moment. The proper response. Before you go too far, would have never happened with me. I had Iran in check. Do you know, we hit them very hard for something that they did, and they had to hit back. They feel they have to do that, and I understand that. Do you know they called me to... Smooth flowing today on the Run Your Mouth podcast. Today's transition is brought to you by YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo, the only place in the entire world you can get an entire kilo of Kratom for just $60. Okay, um, I want to delve into this new border nonsense. This is the, remember, like when during COVID, you were just looking at these rules and they made no sense whatsoever. You're like, wait a second, I can't be outside. I can't go to the park. I can't be out in the sun. I'm not allowed to work out. That's going to be better for my health if I can't go and work out. That's going to be better for me. And you were just looking at this stuff. You're like, none of this makes any sense. Wait, I already had COVID and you're telling me I still have to get a vaccine? Is there no such thing as natural immunity? You were just looking at everything. And you're like, this makes no sense to me. And now they come through with might be an even bolder lie than anything that they did during the entire COVID situation. Maybe that's an overstatement. It's just that this is happening fresh. And so it's pissing me off more. But here you go. Biden challenges House GOP saying uh, to solve border crisis or keep playing politics. Here he is. And he's trying to make this claim like he doesn't have the current authority to solve what's going on on the border. Also, the states don't have the authority either. So I guess there's no one in our country who currently has the authority to stop people from coming in illegally. Wouldn't that be great for the crimes that we did? You, you get stuck, you get caught with a bag of mushrooms and law enforcement's like, well, I don't have the authority. He doesn't have the authority. Can we just take away all government authority? Why is it that for this crime, apparently nobody has the authority to deal with it? States aren't allowed to. The Supreme Court seemingly just ruled on that. They're not allowed to put up fences. They're not allowed to keep massive amounts of people coming in who might be ruining the local territories. And apparently the president also does not have the authority to do so unless they'll create a new emergency authority after they legalize 1.8 million people coming into the country. If 5,000 people come in, then they will magically have the ability to force a shutdown. And if you overlook all the perverse incentives that have been created, that have made it easier to get in, somehow this new system that legalizes 1.8 million people coming in and incentivizes 5,000 people a day to try and get in and expedites the process of the people that are here. Well then, and, and this doesn't include the gotaways. This doesn't include that after 5,000, what is he actually going to magically shut down the border? Or are they just going to go, okay, the 5,000 that we can legally process is over. So we're just going to like uh, formally at the end of the day, like you're going to have all of the border agents just going like this. That's going to be their job at the end of the day. I can't see you. I can't see you. Just go quickly. I don't want to see you. I don't want I, I don't want to see what happened in here. I don't want to know. It's like when uh, you walk in on someone jerking off, you're just like, I don't I didn't see nothing. I'm walking out. Didn't see nothing. This never happened. I know. I don't know what I don't know what not, what was going on in that room. Don't ask me what was going on in the room. And so here you have a plan to legalize one point eight million people coming in annually 
And then magically, after the 5,000 people, he will then have the authority to shut down the border and turn people back. And for some reason, as a part of this bill to finally secure our border, we need to send $60 billion over to the Ukraine and $14 billion to Israel because Lord knows our southern border won't be secure unless the Ukraine and Israel gets its money. So let's delve into a little bit more of these claims of the new emergency authority that Biden requires in order to actually not even build a wall, maybe put up a fence, maybe hire more agents. He's not allowed to, he's not currently allowed to deal with this problem. Here we go. This is from CNN. New emergency border restrictions. What What's proposed? Once illegal border crossings reach a certain threshold, the Department of Homeland Security would be required to exercise a new emergency authority that bars migrants except unaccompanied minors. Okay, I just want to reread that. Once illegal border crossings reach a th certain threshold. So we understand that the activity is illegal, but once there's so much illegal activity that a new Department of Homeland Security would be required to exercise a new emergency authority. So we don't currently have the authority to address what is known to be illegal. I mean, this is a simple example, but I feel like if there was a hole in a boat and you got all this water coming in and we could all agree, hey, that water's not supposed to be here and we had the ability to pump the water out, but you sat there and said, listen, I don't have the authority to plug that leak until it reaches this level. What are you talking about? If you have the ability to plug the leak, why not just plug it? And then you can come up with a new mechanism by which you want to decide, I guess, if there's some sort of a reason to allow some level of water to be in the boat. But why is it that we're going to let 5,000 people in a day and then we're magically going to plug this hole? All right, let's dig in some more. This is from the New York Times. GOP backlash to border deal reflects vanishing ground for a compromise. This is the way they're selling it. They're really trying to sell this to us, that the Democrats the entire time, they would love nothing more but to close down the border. And so if everyone can just agree that 2 million people a year, essentially, should be allowed to legally come in, not including the Godaways or anything else, or whether or not they're still going to use this parole system and all the other nonsense, it's a compromise. It's a compromise, this new deal that you know Biden might actually exert authority that he doesn't currently have in a magical solution that he has once we get past a 2 million 2 million person a day process it really sounds to me like they're trying to further push allowing more people into the country and to legalize what they've currently been doing all right and then i like this quote this was from chuck schumer you guys can watch this little interview where it's so clear where Chucky's there and he's like, listen, you know, me and Mitch McConnell, we're on the same page. Yeah, you guys are always on the same page. You represent whatever that other old school deep state system is. Me and Chuck, I mean, uh, me and Mitch McConnell, we compromised here. We've worked this thing out. And now it's just these young bucks in Congress who are getting our way from implementing our compromise. New York Times, the $64,000 question. Why 64000 Is that the most recent bribe that Chuck Schumer received? That it's a 64. That seems very specific. The 60. Have you ever heard? Is that, a, is that some sort of a phrase I'm not familiar with? The $64,000 question now is whether or not senators can drown out the outside noise, drown out people like Donald Trump who want chaos and do the right thing for America. Remember, that's the new pitch. The Republicans, they just want chaos at the border and they want this to be a total mess that they can come in, pretend like they solved the problem. Now, sure, the Democrats have been in power for three full years and now they're finally trying to address the problem. But the chaos that currently exists, that they're now trying to clean up, that's 
that, that that's someone else's fault for some reason. What kind, what kind of a job is that where you purposely try and make things a bigger mess in year one and two so you could go, oh, look at how much we brought down the inflation. Sure, we had the inflation in years one, two, and three, but look, in year four, we brought it down. Oh my God, look at how well we've done on the border crossings. It's like it's a, as much of a mess as you can make it in years one, two, and three so that you can never actually improve anything. Just improve your own damages in year four and go, look, look at the improvements we've been able to make. And then, of course, now they're claiming after three years of a problem that they've created, oh, they just want additional chaos for another year so that they could pretend like, well, it's the mess that you guys have made. But let's continue. Senator Chuck Schumer, the majority leader, said in a speech on the Senate floor on Monday afternoon, I urge senators of goodwill on both sides of the aisle to do the right thing and tune the chaos out. All right. Now, this was from the Wall Street Journal. And I was shocked by this. I was shocked that even the Wall Street Journal, for some reason, the in the editorial section. Oh, why is this uh, no longer presenting? What is going on here? This is. I'm telling you, there's gonna be there's gonna be an episode where we break the where we break. Uh, oh, because I pressed stop sharing instead of hi. That was my fault. All right. A border security bill worth passing. I was shocked that this was in the editorial section. But here you go. The bill also reforms humanitarian parole. Migrants will no longer be able to register using the Biden CBP-1 app to gain free entry at border crossings and an immediate work permit. The bill doesn't include a cap on the number of paroles a, um, a, in a year as some Republicans sought. So hold on a second. The claim here is that the Democrats do not have the authority to fix the current problem. They created a new parole system and now they're willing to limit or not even put a firm number on that. I guess it's just a promise that they're not going to use as much as the parole. And once again, they don't have the authority to even take away the thing that they put in place that's creating more of a problem. And this is and this is from the Wall Street Journal trying to sell this to us as to why this new plan, everyone should get on board with it because the, the border's a problem. But, you know, if we pass this new bill, I, I guess you know why the Wall Street Journal is probably behind getting more funds to Ukraine and Israel. And so uh, they're pulling a sneaky move here where they go, hey, the border's in chaos. And so, you know, we got to get $90 billion to these other countries to have wars if we're going to solve our border problem. I want to read it again. This bill also reforms humanitarian parole. It's some sort of a weird system that was expanded under Biden, where they just look the other way and parole people that come in illegally. Migrants will no longer be able to register using the Biden CBP one app. So in other words, an app that was created to expand the usage of parole. So you're telling us that Biden doesn't have the authority to solve the problem. And one of the initiatives that created a perverse incentive for more people to come over because he made it easier for them to do so. So more people are doing it. He'll take that away, but he doesn't have the authority to take away the thing that he implemented. All right. I'm just trying to follow this here. One app to gain free entry at border crossings and immediate work permit. The bill doesn't include a cap on the number of paroles in a year. But once again, after the 5,000, they'll just stop looking the other way and they'll just stop paroling people. You know, my neighbors are really getting an education today. As some Republicans saw it, but the Titan rules for claiming paroles should reduce the incentives to come. And uh, parole is vital in some cases, such as Ukrainian or Afghan allies. Are there a lot of Ukrainian and Afghan allies that are coming over the southern border? Uh, Why is that the system that our allies are coming into the country? Um, One disappointment of the bill lets the administration continue its parole programs for Haitians, Cubans, Nicaraguans and Venezuelan migrants who apply in their home capitals. 
The bill also includes an emergency provision mandating that the border will be closed if the average showing up um, each day for a week is 5,000. Once again, why process the 5,000 before you magically turn off the border? And does that include the parole? Does that include the people applying for parole while they're home? Let's continue. This is to stop the current mess in which border crossings are are overwhelmed. If a shutdown is triggered, all migrants will be deported until the number arrives, falls 25%, and the Border Patrol has uh, has regained control. Why are they magically going to get control after the 5,000? Is this irritating you people as much as it is irritating me? The provision does not mean that migrants unchecked. Uh, all right, moving forward. This was from Mish Talk. I read the Mish Talk blog nearly every day. I recommend it. I will have to reach out to the fellow again to maybe come on the podcast. He had some great articles last week, which I I ended up delving into the inflation stuff too much. I might do it later uh, where he breaks down the numbers. And I thought this was very interesting as the Biden administration claims that they kind of have a check on inflation. The economy's great. All these people are being hired. He did have an interesting article where he was saying that he felt that the uh, inflation coming down was actually transitory, which I thought was interesting because that was the inverse of, uh, remember when we were calling bullshit, when they were saying that the inflation was transitory, it was transitory. Well, now he's kind of claiming that the re uh, reduction in, in inflation, all right, we're getting ADD. We weren't going to cover that topic. He bullet pointed some of the key details that we should object to, which are within this new package of remember Biden doesn't currently have the authority. So we have to agree to all these clauses in order for him to have the authority to actually take care of the situation or a border. 20 key details. Um, the total package is $118 billion, in which only $650 million is for the wall. Because remember, I think it was about $90 billion is going to the Ukraine. And uh, and then in the conspiracy place, they're talking about how there's the leftover, I think, $6.5 billion, which some people are like, yeah, that's going to the NGOs who keep bringing the people over. Migrants will either be detained or released with monitoring devices, which, okay, that's the business to get into. If you're looking for a business to get into, remember how I was talking about that you should plant these fake carbon reducing trees and get the fake green energy credits and get in on that money? Forget that. You know what the new business is? It's uh, monitoring devices for... Look at, the, look at the cost of building a wall and think, how much do you think these monitoring devices are going to go for? And you know what the even bigger business is going to be? The person who then removes the monitoring devices or maybe uh, with all the profits, this would be fun. This is what I would do if I was the cartel. I would come into America and I would start kidnapping people and just putting the tracking devices on U.S. citizens and then maybe kidnapping them back to Mexico and seeing how that does for the system of tracking people. See, you know, and then you can further run your profits. We're like, dude, once you're in the country, you're good. You can go make money and send it back to your family so that we can rob them some more over here. All right, let's continue. Migrants will either be detained or released with monitoring devices such as ankle bracelets and given an initial uh, screening within 90 days. A migrant must prove that they couldn't first safely relocate somewhere else in their home country to be eligible for asylum. How are those court cases going to go? How, what kind of research is going to go into whether or not someone was eligible to asylum? Are you telling me that there isn't somewhere in this entire, it, like, I mean, there's some people that aren't just dying every single day in Mexico. So I don't understand. How can you possibly prove that you couldn't safely relocate somewhere? Are they going to actually hold anyone to that standard? Sounds like nonsense to me. Let's continue. Those who pass initial screening will receive a final decision within another 90 days. 
Under a new power, which is authorized for three years, the government can shut down the border to asylum seekings. If, cro- if crossing surpass a daily average of 4,000 a day, the shutdown becomes mandatory at 5,000 a day. Once again, they'll just magically be able to shut it down. It's just that we have to first allow in 1.8 million people a year with full amnesty. And I guess all the rights that you and I have, or I don't know exactly how that's going to work. Their kids get to be citizens. I guess they're going to be able to, to, to get benefits. Free money. The bill creates a fund to compensate cities such as New York and Chicago that have been sheltering large migrant populations. That we should take issue with once again, because, you know, they did create these policies. Same thing happened during COVID. New York City was going bankrupt because they have bad budgets anyways. And the bailout that they received from the federal government, which then gets to just wash away all of your bad liberal policies. You know what I mean? You're basically socializing that at least people can move. At least people can vote with their feet and go, I'm not paying taxes in this area anymore. You have ruined my town to the point that despite all the taxes I'm playing, I don't have clean streets. I don't feel safe here. I can't send my kids to the public school and they can finally just pick up and move. And so the federal government to bail out their, you know, and then at least you get to educate people of, oh, these liberal policies don't work all that well. But then when you socialize at the federal level and cover up our, all of these flaws in the liberal thinking and the liberal attitudes, well, then does anyone ever learn that they don't work? Let's continue. A fix would protect the children of long-term visa holders, sometimes called documented dreamers who risk deportation when they become adults. In other words, it seems like you're trying to further incentivize more people coming over. You're going to try and legalize more of this process. You're going to try and make it so that more people can come over. And then somehow magically, while you incentivize the behavior, you feel like you're going to have less of this. All right. Now you've got the U.S. Border Patrol Union endorses Senate immigration deal. This is their newest thing to sell it is like there's chaos at the border. And even the Border Patrol is saying this deal is a good idea. Well, it's one person. It's the head of the union. And if there's one thing I learned through COVID is that the head of the unions really don't like to work. Remember during school, oh, it's for our safety. We can't go in and do our jobs. We can't educate kids. If I had to guess, the reason why the union's getting behind this one is that uh, there's some nice benefits coming down to them. They get to hire people. They get new offices. They get new couches. They get new television. They don't even need to use their hands when they look the other way now. The Biden administration will uh, provide them with those new Apple lens goggles, which actually just deletes out the immigrants that are crossing over and replaces it with TikTok and porn tabs. And so, you know, the people at the border, if you're going to find out that your boss will pay you to do less of your job. Are you ever going to turn that one down? Hey, we just got word from above that uh, no one's keeping records and they don't care whether or not you do anything. I mean, talk about, I don't know why everyone working at the TSA doesn't just pick up and leave and go work border patrol. I mean, because I see them. These TSA agents, they yell at you. Sometimes you're like, dude, you're not trying to get on a flight. What do you care? We're not checking into prison here. Why do you got to yell at me? Why do you care so much about moving people through this quickly? You have a bad system here. Just fucking chill. You're confiscating drugs all day. Just take that and chill. There's no reason. And so maybe, you know, that would be a good job for the TSA agents is to go down to the border where, uh, you know, there is no actual requirements to do your job. You don't have to enforce anything. All right. The standoff in Eagle Pass, Texas. All right. So before we look further into this problem, of uh, Biden claiming he doesn't have the authority to take care of what's going on at the border. Remember, he's also not letting the states do it. And I thought that this was interesting. 
because uh, you've got Texas trying to claim that there's an invasion going on. And I saw two conservative writers write why that's a bad constitutional argument. And I somewhat agreed with it. It seems to me like this need. I'm not saying states shouldn't have the right to protect their borders. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying with the current way, I guess the constitution is written, it might've actually made sense for the ruling that this is a, which makes no sense. I don't know why the federal government has to do it and the local government's not allowed to do it. That seems dumb to me. And I don't know why if the federal government's tasked with doing it, they get to just not do it and then block other people from doing it and then claim that they don't have the authority. The whole thing's screwy. But this one point I thought did make sense. I want to read it. Hmm. The provision in question says states need Congress Congress's permission before they keep troops or ships of war in time of peace or engage in war unless actually invaded. The first question is whether migration, however, anarch, um, uh, I don't know that word, is an invasion. Do conservatives really want to start stretching constitutional terms? Pro, uh, progressives will do that better. And this was from Zero Hedge from Jonathan Turley making the same argument. The southern border in 2024 is constitutionally suffering no more an invasion than the Capitol riot in 2020-21 was an insurrection. There's a difference between the colloquial and constitution meanings of such terms. And just by the way, conceptually, like, would any of you be okay with if the border guards were just shooting the illegal immigrants coming in? And then if so, is invasion actually a proper term for what's going on? All right. Now, with all that said, this is from 60 Minutes. And sometimes I like to read the tea leaves of why they are reporting on information. Why is it that three years later, they seem to be showcasing? And I don't watch 60 Minutes all the time. It could just be my bias of this coming across my feed on TikTok. I mean, on Twitter and going, look, the mainstream media is finally reporting on it. It seems to me like they're finally reporting on it because they want this whole thing legalized. They want to pretend like there's chaos. They want to pretend like the Republicans are at fault for this because they won't deal with it. So now they're willing to actually showcase how bad the situation is so that hopefully they can rally up support for making this change, which actually is not a beneficial change. This is no difference than the Inflation Reduction Act, which included more spending. It's the we're going to protect your borders by legalizing 2 million people a year coming in with some magical plan for what we're going to do afterwards and further incentivize people showing up here. All right. But this is a good lead in to the conspiracy talk that we're about to get into. Someone's telling me the sound's not playing again. Give me a second, everybody. Give me a second. It's not a big deal. It's nothing to get upset about. It's not the world ruining your dreams. As you sit here, you work hard on preparing everything, and then it just doesn't play. All right, wait, wait. It's going to work. It's going to work. Everyone hold your hands together. Hold on to your wiener. Look up at the Lord and say a prayer because the sound is going to work. Are you ready? We wondered how all of these migrants knew about this particular entryway into California. The answer was in their hands. 
Oh, you learned on TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is a social media platform created in China. The post we found had step-by-step instructions for hiring smugglers and detailed directions to that hole we visited. We were struck by just how orderly and routine it all seemed. The migrants walked about a half mile down a dirt road and waited in line for U.S. Border Patrol to arrive so they could surrender. That's a pretty good deal. You get instructions of the exact spot that you can cross. Hey, look, they didn't complete the wall. They, they got lazy. They went almost to the rock. There's some guy sitting there who goes, ah, we're close enough. It's good. And then uh, for some reason, I guess someone is able to post on TikTok, hey, you can come through over here. And then for some reason, once you get through, uh, there's a van there just waiting for you. And you get to declare, oh, my God, thank God you're here. I require amnesty. And then you get a free ride to wherever you go. You can even bring your luggage with you. I guess these people didn't have to travel that far that they're even on these wheels. They're able to make their arrangements. Someone drops them off close to the exact spot that they got to cross through. And you get the people there just ready to go. And by the way, these aren't people from South America. Seem to be uh, Asians. All right. And then you guys should go listen to this. It was an incredible episode of the Tucker Carlson show with Brett Weinstein. And Brett was talking about having been down to the, um, I forget the name of the pass. It's written down on the next slide. But there's in Panama, I guess there's a bit of a choke point of trying to get into the U.S., and that if you're coming from South America, like uh, through up to what I want to describe as North South America, <laughs> it's funny when sometimes you realize just how dumb you are. But we all know what the what the map looks like. You got the Argentina and the Venezuelans, and then you got the Mexico's above it. And so it's not just Mexico's that are pouring in. You got people even coming down from South South America. That's what we're going to describe it as on this show. Everyone work with me. Or you got South South America and the North South America. Do you understand what I'm describing here? And so there are certain areas of South America, South South America, that I think they'll just let anyone come into without permits. And then they start making their way up. And there's a place in Panama with thick jungle that's very difficult to cross. And so there are claims, uh, you should go listen to the interview, Brett Weinstein was down there, and he seems to suggest that there's infrastructure being built, making it easier for people to get through that jungle, and it seems like there's a lot of uh, Asian people who are working on said infrastructure. And now we're getting into the uh, conspiratorial space here. I was also reading a book, and typically speaking, I will not pull from the Epoch Times or from Breitbart. If you guys have a different feeling on that one, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I will say the Epoch Times headlines look more interesting than anything else. They also have very long-winded articles, which makes it you know, also not the easiest of reads. But in terms of if you're looking for scandalous information, the Epoch Times is providing it all the time. And sometimes it just seems to be a little bit more out there. And I can't debunk it. I'm not saying it's not a credible source. I'm just saying it's not the Wall Street Journal. Why do I say the Wall Street Journal is more credible? Well, I guess the Wall Street Journal gives me a lens at least of uh, how mainstream media is kind of trying to present things. I don't know. I'm not an expert on this one. Rob's newsroom at gmail.com. I'm just telling you, when we put together this show, I read the mainstream stuff. I point out why I think it's bullshit. I find commentators with uh, that seem to have insight on why it's bullshit. And Breitbart, Epoch Time, and a few other sources are not things that I will frequently read or pull from. 
But in this case, there's this guy, Michael Yan, uh, who I believe is like a long time, uh, a long time reporter of like military conflicts and that type of stuff. And he was claiming that Mayorkas, he spotted Mayorkas down at a site by the uh, in Panama by this jungle I've been telling you guys about. And I said I wrote the name down of um, but that he was down there. And there are claims that America is even involved in this process of expanding the facilities, seemingly making it easier for people to come into our country. So I was like, is there any other documentation of Mayorkas, I guess, working on actually making it easier even before people arrive at our border? There have been reports of maps from uh, from these NGOs. There's been reports of uh well, you just saw it, the TikTok information of where you're supposed to cross. Apparently, there's some app where you get to declare yourself and then they just get to give you, uh, they just get to parole you. But this was from Mayorkas's actual website because I was just digging in a little bit. This is from the Homeland Security. And I want to read this one part. During Secretary Mayorkas's trip, the United States and Panama signed a bilateral agreement on migration and protection detailing our collaborative commitments to improve migration management extend stabilization efforts and increase access to legal pathways and protect those in the region. Why are we going down to Panama to try and protect people who are legally making their way up to the U.S.? Why is that part of the initiative? There's going to have to be consequences to trying to come here that prevent people from doing it. If you're making it easier and safer, aren't you going to incentivize more of it? This is from Mayorkas's statement from I, I didn't even go that far into Google. I was just like, is there any other record of the U.S. government trying to work on expanding access into our country, even in South America? And this is from him. Expand stabilization efforts and increase access to legal pathways and protection for those in the region. The arrangement on migration protection adds the expanding regional migration management framework that the United States is developing with counterparts across America. Doesn't that sound like they're trying to make it easier? even before you get to the United States. And you got to love that, the word management, regional migration management framework. This was from PBS NewsHour. Watch Mayorkas announce plans to open migration centers in other countries and bid to slow surge. Does that sound like it's going to slow the surge? It sounds to me like you're expanding access. Um, and then on that, in my China invasion, I want to make it clear. I don't think, because if someone else said, hey, China's secretly trying to invade our country, they're putting up a cellular infrastructure that they can collect all of our data. They're sending over China balloons. They manufacture a virus to slow our economy. They're turning all of our kids gay on TikTok. They're making this app where they uh, teach us values that we would never teach ourselves. And they're also seemingly trying to get as many people into this country as possible so that the thing can just fold under its own weight. I would go, well, you better have some solid proof on this. And what are you calling for? Are you calling for war? Are you calling for us not to trade with them anymore? Oh, and also the fentanyl thing. You also got the fentanyl part. But I guess what I will speak to is, is our intelligence community working together with them. Because even look at the COVID storyline. Fauci, he was working with the lab where that happened. And in this case, is Mayorkas working directly with people in the Chinese government? or with NGOs, I guess, with money coming in from them to try and expand our access. So before I would jump to, hey, China's the enemy, and look at them trying to secretly invade our country and destroy, destroy our country by uh, rotting our kids' brains with TikTok, sending fentanyl up here, 
trying to get more people across the border, putting all these kids into schools to steal all of our intelligence. I would first point to, well, to what extent is our uh, our intelligence agency involved with said decisions? All right, that is uh, the end of that deep dive into the China invasion. Brought to you by sheathunderwear.com. You guys want to wear the most comfortable underwear that's ever graced the balls of man? Let me guys, let me tell you guys something. The other day, I went to the gym and I made the mistake of wearing my old fertile looms, and I got onto a treadmill and I was running. And the chafing I felt between my fat thighs, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing to myself? How did I forget my sheaths if I'm going to be up on a treadmill? It was uncomfortable. It was not working. I had to bail early. I had to try and run faster to overcompensate for the fact that I wasn't going to stand there very long. And once you actually show up to the gym, once you actually get onto a machine and you mentally commit to, I want to do this amount of time, you don't want to bitch out because your legs are burning because you forgot your sheaths. So let me tell you, if you guys, firstly... If you, if you never tried the sheets, you've been a long time listener to the show, get over there. It's a quality product. I try not to make this mistake of not wearing them. I'm wearing the old classic, uh, gold on black right here. Your dick's going to look better. You're going to feel more comfortable. And if you're working out, I can tell you it's better than whatever the hell you're wearing. Sheathunderwear.com. Use promo card RYM. You get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. All right, as I was just preaching the propaganda of how uh, the, the TikTok is turning all of our kids gay, they're incentivizing transgender activities. You know, you hear a lot about how social media is destroying us. It's ruining these kids. And I'd like to make the argument that maybe it's actually making everyone more competitive and healthier. We all got to see pictures all the time of how well everyone else is doing. You see these little tidbits on the Instagram that goes, hey, with just three lemons in the morning, you can cure a lifetime of heroin usage. And you're like, maybe I should drink three lemons in my water in the morning. And then it tells you about the chia seeds. It tells you about the eight hours of sleep. And, you know, for all this talk about how TikTok and Instagram and all these things are ruining our minds, we live in a world now where you got to be your own publicist. You got to show up to events. You got to take pictures, make it look like, look at how many people came out to my comedy show. I'm doing so well in my comedy career. That's what life is now. You got to be your own publicist. You got to do your own hair and makeup. You got to make sure that you dress nice. You got to make sure that you look good. You got to take the pictures. You got to post them on the line. And you got to, you got to, you got to court the interest. That's the world that we're living in now. And people look at it, they go, oh my God, all this pressure. And you know what? It, it seems to me it's actually making kids healthier. Here's an article about Gen Z young adults are tuning in earlier. I mean, what a bunch of fucking losers live your life, go out on the weekends, have some fun, but nope, they're being bombarded on the toke on the social medias all the time by the Hubermans and the other bores of the world about how your sleep is important. And so now they're at home and on weekends, even they're catching up on their sleep so that they can get ready for their work week. I mean, God bless you and your dumbass, stupid, healthy lifestyles. But with that being said, I think you look at some of these trends and the idea that social media is just making everything worse. seems to me like it's uh, forcing people to be a little bit more competitive, actually learn about seed oils and other things that are rotting you and uh, getting healthier. All right. This is uh, there's this beer company, Athletic Beer Co., that apparently had tremendous success last year. And I want to read this. It's from the uh, Wall Street Journal. This is a peculiar moment in the U.S. beer market. Sales are flat. Shipments are down. Americans are drinking less and younger Americans are drinking the least. A recent Gallup poll survey found that 62% of adults under 35 drink down from 72% two decades ago. And that number is likely to keep dropping since Gen Z drinks the least of any demographic. There you go. The world's most boring generation. Maybe we were the whiniest and the complainiest and the boomers were the biggest assholes of spending the most. 
but at least the younger ones lamer than we are. And uh, I guess the claims that the social media is ruining their lifestyles might just not be true. Uh, in terms of reading the tea leaves of the information coming out, coming forward to us, I thought it was interesting last week. I saw multiple articles that were getting on the case of crypto and how much electricity it uses. Now, we've covered this in the past. For one, why, why, do, you get to use, why do you get to use your electricity to drive a car, watch a movie, run your air conditioner, have your heat, have water parks? There's so much stupidity of what electricity is used for. And for everything else, we go, all right, that's the modern world. You consume electricity. But when it comes to trying to have good, honest money that might actually get people to save, invest in their future, and take away the government's ability to just rob us through inflation, all of a sudden people are like, well, is that you? Is that worth the electricity usage? It might be the most valuable usage of electricity. But no, they get to question it. They get to go, we need that, we need that so that we can run water parks in the summer. We need that so that we can uh, build walls, take down walls, and help migrants come into the country. We need that so that Pfizer can keep things real cold when they deliver you vaccines that don't work. We don't question every single little usage of electricity. I mean, I guess they try and do it with the carbon credits. They might get there. But I'm just saying is they try and demonize the crypto usage of electricity. Why? Well, it just sounds like they're always looking for their little angle. They even do that with the border where they put up, I covered this before, they put up the... Uh, the like the used uh, shipment containers and they go, well, that's bad for the environment. It seems like when you absolutely can't win the argument at all, that's when you start coming in with environmental claims. Listen, we use the environment all the time. It's a question of whether or not it benefits us. If I have to make a decision between an ocelot being able to cross between Mexico and the U.S. or securing the border, doesn't securing the border sound like that's the better of those two things? Everything has a choice and consequence here. It seems like when they point to the environmental factors, it means they've run out of any other arguments. And so in this case, I like this. Crypto mines will have to start reporting their energy in the U.S. And anytime you get the government going, hey, can you send us a report on what you're up to so maybe we can find a problem with it and then hold you accountable? No. Hey, do you mind if we just like look through your stuff here and see if maybe there's a problem that we can get you in trouble for? Hey, this is the IRS. You're not under an audit, but do you mind if we just come over and like, look through your computers for a little while. You know, it's just standard routine, us trying to find something to find you in trouble for. Yeah, we all know what you're up to. Self-reporting so that you can try and make a claim. And then this was crazy. So yeah, I've, I've been seeing multiple articles that they try and say that a mind-boggling 2% of US electricity is uh, being used up by crypto. But then you read just past the headlines, which is not something we traditionally do on this show, just how much electricity does crypto mining use? It could be over 2%. It could be. I mean, the headline doesn't say that. The headline says very specifically a mind-boggling 2%. And then one line later, it goes, it could be over 2% of all electricity in the United States, according to preliminary estimates released by the Energy Information Administration. More specifically, annual electricity used from cryptocurrency mining represents from 0.6% to 2.3%. So headline, it's a mind-boggling 2%. It could be on the high end of our estimate, but on the low end, you could also report it's 0.6%. And then this was another one. It was wild. It was, I don't know why there was one day where the entire news decided, hey, we're going to report on the problems with crypto mining. And then you had this one, anxiety, mood things, and sleepless nights, life near a Bitcoin mine. I guess they found some random town and uh, I think this was the hills of Virginia, where I'm sure life has been made so much worse.
by the noises that are coming after this crypto factory. And then of course they find one autistic kid in the area and they say that his autism has been made worse by it. I, well, when in the future, when I've got big time budgets, I can't wait to travel to these towns and go, I eh, can't really hear it. Or let's go find that kid with autism and see if there's actual, if they can, if there's a documented notable difference since there's this thing down the street. And who knows, maybe you see it and right away you go, yeah, this is a problem. But I looked at this one and it just seems like some total bullshit. But what do you guys make of them trying to start to tease that story? It's odd. It seems to run against this new knowledge of uh, BlackRock stepping in. And by the way, full transparency, I bought myself some more Bitcoin today. So, uh, you know, I'm still bullish. I'm still hoping that these hedge funds are stepping into the market. Although maybe, all right, as long as we're going full conspiratorial here, China invasion, maybe the hedge funds are going to step in. You're going to see the pension funds buying in the this, the that, or whatever. But it's because government's going to create some new regulations in the market and they're going to use some stupid environmental bullshit to get there. Uh, you got these new Apple goggles, which... Uh, hey, guys, just want to show you what the TikTok is. You know, I'm not big on uh, Apple products. Uh, I don't currently have any. I just, don't, you know, I don't know. They're like more rigid. You're always kind of like stuck with their things. I, I like my Android um, listen, you guys might love Apple products and I ain't hating on Apple products. I also find for PCs for, uh, similar functions and utility. And I'm not even a tech guy. You get more bang for your buck if you're not on the Apple, but I get it. People love their apples. I look at this. I think it would be great for flights. Cause I'm always trying to get work done on flights. You ever try and read in coach or actually not like just drink and like work on your comedy jokes and put things together. And you got to like really strain yourself. And by the way, if somebody in coach reclines their seat, they should just instantly be ejected from the airplane. The, the hole should come in the way. They should just be ejected. Who do you think you are to be leaning in coach? It does not add that much more comfort. I've tried it out because there was no one behind me. And I just wanted to see, hey, what's this lean all about? And you just feel more like you have to take a shit. You know, when you're on an airplane, you're nervous about having to take a shit. So then you convince yourself for the entire four hour flight that you may or may not. And then you keep getting up, just going to the bathroom, farting in it, and then going back to your seat. You ever do that for a five or six hour flight? Well, if you lean back, you're just putting like more pressure on your underbelly and that sensation feels even worse. And yet for some reason, psychopaths, you'll be sitting here with your laptop in the zone, getting work done, just trying to fill the time on a flight and some guy leans his seat into you. So with that said, this thing looks like that. It could be great for that. Um, But I also want to say, if these kids for one second think that they're going to buy themselves some goggles and beat me in the future ADD Olympics. They've got something coming for them. I know you guys are looking at this and all the success I've had pacing around and yelling and being irritable all the time. And I just want to let you know, you can wear your goggles. You can watch seven different TikTok channels at the same time. But when it comes to being scatterbrain, irritable and somewhat paranoid, you know what? I like, listen, you guys keep going to bed early uh, and, and not drinking and watching 17 TikTok videos and thinking you can compete. All right, this one I loved. Elizabeth Warren, we all know she might have the best handle on economic information. It's something she's learned when she was using the entire bull as an Indian lady. When you have to use an entire buffalo start to finish, you really learn the importance of savings of the economy and you get a full understanding of these things. So let's hear what Elizabeth Warren had to say about shrinkflation. You ever go for the last chip in the Dorito bag and suddenly say, whoa, there should have been more chips. 
You ever go for the last chip in the Dorito? Yeah, does he have Jerry Seinfeld running for her? What's the deal with Dorito bags? The last chip. You think this lady has ever eaten a Dorito in her entire life? Doesn't this almost sound like that? that there's that meme when Hillary Clinton walks into a very normal apartment and just looks horrified, like, how do people live like this? Who wrote this one for a uh... bag and suddenly say, whoa, there should have been more chips in here. You would be right. From Doritos to Oreos to even toilet paper. These big corporations are shrinking how much they give us, but they're charging the same amount or sometimes even more. It's called shrinkflation. Corporate executives thought we wouldn't notice, but they're wrong. We noticed. Now, the all right, before we'll play this through to the end, but I would love nothing more than for government to make laws against your ability to change the product packaging or otherwise to pretend like there isn't inflation. Government, you think that's going to help you when people can only charge more for their product? And so you have to actually be forced to see how much prices have gone up. You know how much government is probably helped by shrinkflation that you're trying to monitor, like how much more things are costing you. And it's tougher to do because they keep selling you like good, put a price on things so we can actually see what the inflation is. I've been complaining about this for a while. You go into hotels, there's no one to check in with. The pool is closed, that this is not working. The stairs have been closed. It's like all these things just charge me more so I know what the price of something is. It's way more annoying to sell me an airplane ticket and then just not fly a plane. That's way more annoying. It's so much better. Put a price tag on everything. The corporations come back crying, oh, it's all because of inflation. Really? Then explain this. How is it that corporate profits have increased by 75% over the past few years? They are outrunning inflation. I guess there's really only two reasons. I'll answer that for you. Either it's kind of just in line with inflation. They're getting money that, you know, they can't spend, but that they need to spend more on. Or some sort of a government regulation has offered protection to these businesses that it's not easy for competitors to come in and force them to bring down their prices. So probably comes back to the government. Inflation by miles. We're not fooled. These giant corporations are inflating their profits and leaving us with the crumbs. Literally. It's time to crack. So she, I, is she saying that they have inflated profits? So like they're not as worthwhile? Down on corporate greedflation. I'm fed up. No pun intended. Oh, she's actually saying that their greed isn't as impactful now because it's greedflation. So like the same level of greed that they had has gone up, but it's inflated. So it's actually not corporations being as greedy. What a, what a lesson. And if you want an even better lesson about the, the economy, here's Jerome Powell on 60 Minutes. Rates. No, no, that's not what we say at all. No, um, we're committed to returning inflation to 2% over time. Uh, I've said that we, we wouldn't wait to get to 2% to, to cut rates. We met Powell in the Federal Reserve boardroom where this committee meets every six weeks or so to set the so-called federal funds interest rate, which influences most loans. I got to pull it back. It seems like I got the end of my timestamp instead of the beginning of it. Let me uh, let's see if I can get the specific moment. If not, I'll just tell you guys what it was for the benefit of the public. But inflation.
rare interview to talk about interest rates, remaining dangers, and the one question that's on everyone's mind. The story will... I wouldn't go quite so far as that. Uh, what I can say is that inflation has come down really over the past year and fairly sharply over the past six months. We're making good progress. The job is not done, and we're, we're very much committed to making sure that we fully restore price stability for the benefit of the public. But inflation has been falling steadily for 11 months. Right. You've avoided a recession. Why not cut the rates now? Well, uh, we uh, we have a strong economy. Uh, growth Max, is going on. We're going to jump to this moment. Let's see if it was this. And if not, oh, come on. Before you cut the rates. No, no, that's not what we say at all. No. Um, we're committed to returning in as low and predictable, and people don't have to think about it in their daily lives. That's where we were for 20 years. We want to get back to that. Moving. That was the moment I was looking for. Low and predictable so that people don't have to think about it. We want to be able to steal from people. And we know that there's a level that if it gets too high, people start realizing, oh, you're stealing from me. And so what we need to do is keep it down to 2% because we've quantified that you can rate people at 2%. They're okay with that. If you just steal 2% every single year from what they've saved, they're okay with that. People look the other way on 2%. Sure, it's 2% on top of the taxes and everything else, but 2%, that doesn't really even catch people's eyes. If every single year you're showing up to the supermarket and things are 2% more expensive, that's a slow and steady theft and people are okay with it. The problem is if it shoots up in the way that it did and everyone goes, wait a second, is there a consequence to all this spending? So we can't have that. We can't have people being educated about the fact that we're lying to them and we're stealing from them very secretly through this process called inflation. And so what we'd like to do is bring it back to that steady 2% level because at the 2% level, uh, people let us get away with it. And then I want to play this last video because, you know, we all hate on uh, Joe Biden. We hate on his age. We hate on his incompetence. And more than anything else, we hate on his public policies. We hate on this green energy initiative and the woke ESG scores and getting everyone over the country. Those are the things we really dislike about the guy. But people give him a lot of shit for his age. And I pointed out, if there were cameras on you all the time, how would you operate? You know how, many times, how often I nearly fall on stairs as a young 35-year-old male? So here he is. He's at the end of a trip, and he's clearly uh, scurrying to the restroom. Lower the helicopter here. And uh, people are trying to talk to him and he's giving the old day. Hey, not now, not now. I got to, I got to get somewhere. I got to get somewhere. And let me tell you, if you caught me at the end of a flight, when I get back to my apartment, I would be way less dignified than this. Can you imagine? I travel, I travel. Sometimes I get off your plane. You wait till you have your coffee till after your two hour ride home after the airport, after your five hour plane, you finally had your coffee. You show up at your apartment door and there's some reporter there who wants to have a conversation with you. You're like, lady, you got 10 seconds till I fill these depends. Get the fuck out of my face. All right, that is our show. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, you know, maybe in the future we won't have tech problems, but whatever. We're flowing here, baby. I hope you guys appreciate all the information. Like, subscribe, go to the iTunes, review, go to the platforms you do not watch and boost my numbers. Just boost them. Let's go. Let's pump and dump, run your mouth to the moon. Someone tokenize that coin and then we can collateralize the, the sponsor dollars, the increase of what came in, 
come on, there must be some financial scam artists out there. So, you know, rate, review, subscribe, hit the things so that you know if it actually pops up live. And this weekend, I will be in Houston, Texas, opening for Dave Smith. I think it might just be on shows on Saturday at the Houston Group. I do, I'm sorry, the Secret Group in Houston. It is a venue that I like. I played there this past summer. And also for Skankfest South, I recommend coming out for it. Uh, and that is all I have to say back sometime soon with the new episode. Um, maybe even next week. I don't really know, but this was fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Share with your friends, you know, run your mouth to 